Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Raising Bulls, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network at BGN.FM and Roughneck Scarves. We are the only podcast dedicated to the New York Red Bulls 2 of USL. Tonight, we're going to be looking at some of the off-season shuffling that's been going on. Uh, we've got an educated guess at what the roster looks like at this moment. Uh, we got to see some of these guys perform the other night against the, the Portland Timbers uh, in a preseason match that was... Uh, um, technically the New York Red Bulls first team, but obviously we know that team had, had already uh, you know checked out of the, the mobile mini cup out in Tucson, getting ready for CCL. And we have a couple of questions that we can talk about. Joining me, Joe Goldstein, your host tonight. One of, uh, or both, I guess I would say both of my favorite RB2 people uh, that I've worked with, <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Brissett and Joe Steen. I'll start with Joe Steen. How are you doing, Joe? I'm great. How are you, Joe? I'm doing very well. I, we need a, an off-season story. Uh, what have you been up to? You can lie. It's fine. Um, pretty much just working. That's That's all I can say. That's the worst <laughs> lie I've ever heard, Joe. <laughs> and of course i mentioned him he's he you, everybody knows that he's one of my favorite people uh it's anthony Merced. hello anthony hello welcome back for 2019 what have you been doing this off season anthony the question is what haven't i been doing but <laughs> between uh but between writing for you know red bull news network and dudes in blue and um backline soccer it's 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 been wherever i can write about stuff i've i i think i've been the only successful person at being incredibly busy during the um soccer off season okay i'm I'm willing to accept that it feels slightly <laughs> backhanded uh insult but uh no I'll but like I feel, I feel like it's not a backhanded insult but like, <laughs> like you haven't had to you haven't had to deal with like the Matrita stuff and like the New York Cosmos or the actually the, the the biggest thing and I won't go too much into this is the Sky Blue FC stuff. Like that's true. That's I have true. That's true. I've been on like useless phone calls and everything with Sky Blue people. It is just been it it is it is the biggest story that really no one's paying attention to. Yeah, uh, I I would one hundred percent agree with that. And uh, you know, kudos to you for doing the the good work. And and there's still no NWSL season, by the way. Like, there, there's still no announcement on a schedule. That's crazy. <laughs> and I think it's supposed to start in like four weeks. <laughs> man, oh man, oh boy, soccer is so insane in this country. It is absolutely insane. No gold uh, cup anymore either. Well, <laughs> after 2022, uh, based on what they were saying. So well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it certainly seems like. <laughs> Everybody's giving up on the game. Only the World Cup matters, apparently. It's just going to be those um those tournaments that happen when you start up a, a new career mode in FIFA. <laughs> it's going to be like the North American All Stars Trophy. Yeah, yeah, uh, the International Invitational Cup. Yep, that's yeah. what that's what's going to happen. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Uh, obviously, we're going to have kind of a short show tonight. We don't have a ton uh, to really go on yet, but. I think we've got some idea of what the roster is looking like. Uh, holdovers from last season. We know Evan Loro, uh, Jordan Scarlett, and uh, Alan Yannis were both signed uh, during the offseason to contracts for this season. We know Chris Lima is going to be here. Jared Stroud. Uh, ben Mines. Uh, well, he, uh, he's an, uh, an MLS player, but 
I'm expecting him to get some minutes down in USL. And Tom Barlow and Brian White. Everybody else, it's sort of up in the air in terms of what we're we're going to be expecting. Uh, during the draft, they signed. Have signed on just yet, uh, but we haven't even seen him in preseason yet. Uh, Boateng on the back line, Buckmaster, who's got a fantastic name. I think <laughs> everybody would agree with that. That's a pro wrestler's name if I've ever heard one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, Loeb, Nealis, who signed a, an MLS contract, but I expect to see him more with the USL team. Uh, maybe uh, Tolkien coming along. We don't know. Uh, not clear yet. Omir Fernandez, uh, who signed with the first team as a homegrown player, I expect we'll be seeing him in USL. Uh, Kofi, who kind of signed last year. His homegrown rights were transferred to the Red Bulls. Uh, Mick Sherry, who also has not appeared in preseason just yet. We we had a rumor at uh, Red Bull News Network about Kyle Zedrick, so we'll see there. If I pronounce that wrong, I'm so sorry, Kyle. Yeah, didn't, uh, we, didn't we in 2016 call him Kyle Zajac? It might have been <laughs> Kyle Zajac. I mean, we could totally, both of us could be wrong at the same time. Like, it's hard to tell with the, the way to pronounce these names. Could be, it could be Zajac. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I did not do my due diligence. I can't even say diligence. I did not do my due diligence in terms of pronunciation for for Kyle. But and, and uh, just and, and just so back. everyone's aware, we were calling Alex Muel Alex Mule for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, uh, they still. And it's not that. just us. You watch, you watch the videos of the team play. They still yeah. call him Mule. <laughs> it's got to yeah, be an inside joke. Or something. There's got to be. It's got to be a joke on us that they're just like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we tell them your name is Muel? <laughs> and and we're and we're and we're doing that, especially Christian Dyer. Love you, Christian Dyer. But like, like the guy's been trying so hard to make sure he gets that name right. But like, <laughs> maybe it's just a joke on all of us. That would be the greatest prank of all time, and I very much approve of that. Uh, but looking at this roster, how if this is the roster going into the season, and all of these guys uh, are are signed and will appear with this team. How do you feel about that at this moment? Just from a general perspective first. I'll start with you, uh, Anthony. Um, I'm very apprehensive. I think that we're getting to a point now with the USL Championship in particular, which is where this team would be be competing, the D2 version of USL. We're seeing teams that are very cohesive getting put together. Um, The the independent teams are not as... um, as uh, as jerry rigged or as 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 kind of like duct taped together as we've seen in years past we're seeing academy kids come through them we're seeing players being signed that are meant to be strictly d2 players and i am a bit apprehensive at the idea of whether or not a two team the way the red bulls are set up can operate in 2019 the way they have in previous seasons specifically because in 2018 we've seen them fall behind a little bit but save themselves at the end of the year they're still continuing with that with the same idea and 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 i i'm fearful of a t2 type year a T2. Well, last year T2 wasn't so bad, but I, I know what you mean. Yeah. Um, Justine, what do you think? Do you agree with Anthony? Is this like a little nerve wracking? I think it's a little nerve wracking when you see what a lot, like Anthony mentioned, what a lot of the other teams have done in the league. I mean, we've seen, you know, obviously Nashville's gotten very strong because they're MLS bound, and you've mm-hmm. seen a lot of academy kids come through 
for other teams. Indy 11, you know, made a lot of moves this offseason too. But they, the, despite the fact that each year John Wolniak seems to have a new, basically a new team, he seems to always get this team going late months in the season and they seem to just roll right into the playoffs and play very well. So until it he proves me wrong, I can't really say that I'm apprehensive or any type of nervous about this team. I mean, they still got a lot of good attacking players on this team. The back line, we don't know what it's going to be. Is it going to be another problem this year or not? But it seems like they have more, I want to say, like a little bit more experience than they've had in years past with this team this year. Well, that's that's, but that's why I use the term apprehensive, is that like... I, John Walnick deserves the 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 chance to prove what the to prove wrong what we feel is maybe not right because of the fact that he is John Walnick and he is he he won a USL championship, but it it just we're constantly and and he's been to the last two conference finals since then, so it's it's a constant state of like okay. Until you prove that you can't do this, I'm gonna believe in you, but I'm very apprehensive about it. Like I'm not doubting him, but I'm just feeling that maybe, like, are are, are we reaching? It? It's kind of like how San Antonio Spurs fans feel about Greg Popovich. It's like, all right, dude, you kind of <laughs> got to do something now. <laughs> <laughs> right, I mean, fair. the biggest thing is though, if the biggest problem with this team over the past couple of years. That they, you know, bef- what they didn't have in 2016 was their backline just hasn't been as good. And I think yeah. they kind of addressed that in the draft by, you know, drafting a few guys that they think, you know, can make, you know, they'll make a big impact on this team, like from a development standpoint and like and right away and have a, you know, a good impact on the team. Yeah. And I mean, if we're just going by, uh, you know, Buckmaster. And Nealis, and obviously we didn't see a ton of either of those guys. Uh, there's the one preseason game that that we can really go by. Uh, there were some real bright spots. Buckmaster, I thought, transitioned pretty seamlessly from a right back spot to the left back, which is not always the easiest thing to do. I know it seems a little insane, but uh, switching wings can be difficult for some players. And I thought, uh, given he was going up against a tricky appro- uh, opponent in uh, uh, Darian Espria. I thought he handled himself really well, uh, considering that he is uh, far less experienced than Espria and didn't give up too much. Nealis, I think, you know, he's got he's got room to grow in terms of uh, uh, defending with the ball at his feet, but he was really good about organizing the back line. Uh, he was very vocal throughout the night, which is something I was very critical of the team of last season, that they needed a leader back there, and he looks like he could be that guy. Hopefully, I mean, you know, like we we have to see him in in a, in a game that counts, right? And that, very, and, that and that's sure. and that's kind of the whole thing. Like, I mean, we we've been seeing this the entire off season with or the entire preseason with USL, where um there have been grandiose statements made about results that let's be honest doesn't matter considering the <laughs> fact that there are like twelve <laughs> substitutions yeah. at halftime, and. You wouldn't happen to be talking about the Las Vegas Lights, are you? They're not the only ones. (laughs) Like, well, Vegas Lights are the biggest one because it's Eric Winalda, you know, and Eric Winalda is probably the most verbose of um, of wrestling villain. Is that that 
<laughs> Some people think he's a baby face, but I mean, look, this is <laughs> look. I remember in '97, I rooted for Steve Austin, even though he was a bad guy. But whatever. Um, the you know, there's there's not a lot to make of of the preseason games yeah. other than watching guys on an individual level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, there's no difference between this and like uh, MLB preseason. You know, like I you know I'm a huge baseball fan, and and I watch preseason. The year that the Yankees won a hundred and like twelve games, they were under five hundred in preseason. Nobody ever took anything away from that. Like they, we were just staring at players the entire time. Mm-hmm. Going, oh, cool! That guy's got his stuff together. And I think that's all we're looking at when we go into um, you know Red Bull two and and Red Bull one MLS preseason is just making sure guys look a certain way. Right. And that doesn't mean much of anything when you get into the competition of the season. Yeah, full, I, I do agree with that. And I think, like I said, based on those performances, I liked what I saw from those guys in those spots. Uh, and, yeah, no, the result itself, I don't think you can really talk about. And uh, I don't want to circle back on this too much, but maybe Las Vegas gets some of the air taken out of their sails based on how TSC performed in the Champions League today. But, you know, nonetheless, uh, good on uh, Vegas Lights. You know, we're big fans of their shenanigans here. Did they, um, did they like, post something witty the way they did about uh, when Shalice got a job down in Mexico? I don't think that they did, but I didn't. I haven't been on Twitter because I was trying to figure out the technical issues, which you, of course, helped out. They should have. They should do something like that. They, They should be, like, equally salty across the board. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be good. Um, okay, let's look at the midfield. I think this is going to be a huge story this season. How they adjust? Uh, obviously, uh, the 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 pillars of the midfield last season were Lima, Casares, and Tenari when everybody was healthy. Uh, Tenari is gone. Uh, signed with Tampa Bay. Casares uh, likely getting promoted to the first team and and seeing action there. And Lima's the only guy who's still around. Uh, I, from what I watched, uh, now obviously, again, this is preseason. It's about getting players fit, getting them game minutes. But uh, Kofi, who I think a lot of people are very high on, I was not terribly impressed by what we saw the other night uh, against the Timbers. I thought he looked a little overmatched at times. Uh, his decision-making was a little bit slow, which, again, could just be preseason rust. Uh, and uh, he created a lot of issues uh, turning the ball over deep in the midfield, which, uh, as you know, I think anybody that's watched the Red Bulls over the last uh, number of seasons, that is uh, red flag number one. Creating turnovers deep in the midfield is the way that most teams have been successful against the Red Bulls, and if you're going to do them the favor of, of turning the ball over, that could be a real trouble. So I think if there's going to be an area where the Red Bulls struggle or Red Bulls two struggle this season, it's going to be in the, in the center of the park. Well, it's definitely, uh, you know, a, a difficult task to replace Caceres considering how important he was to that team last year. But I mean, I'm going to give Kofi the benefit of the doubt. I mean, we'll have to see how he does against competition. That's not, you know, MLS level. Cause I don't think he's necessarily ready for that yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it's, it's, it's going to be different for him because it's a you know playing alongside Lima, who's not really like a you know he's kind of the playmaking guy that plays deep, and Kofi's going to have to be that guy that kind of wins wins the tackles and wins the ball off of uh, off the opponents, and he can't give the ball away because, like you said, 
the, you know, they, they're very, this team's very susceptible to the counter and that's how you beat this team. Yeah. I, you know, the, the argument with, um, Kofi is maybe he's not necessarily playing the right midfield spot. Um, yeah. he doesn't seem to be that good of a distributor again, preseason we'll see in the regular season, but like, Maybe that's not necessarily the best position for him. You know, there was a big loss with Andrew Tenari that cannot be understated. He was a playmaker. And the question going into this 2019 season is, who is going to be that playmaker that makes the pass, that makes the or that, that unleashes a winger or a striker moving forward that makes her life easier? That's the big question. As of right now, there doesn't seem to be that player when you think about Caceres being on the bench for the one team or for the or for a national team somewhere. Yeah, well, if we look at uh, what they did the other night, maybe the answer is that they play sort of a withdrawn forward instead of a playmaker, which is what they do with uh, Omer Fernandez. I thought he looked okay in the role, but I didn't necessarily think that uh, he was creating a lot of chances. He he definitely was dangerous uh, and got himself into good positions, but I didn't see him really opening up the defenses. So yes, that is another uh, good point that uh, I, I think is worth noting. Then up top, you know, Brian White, I think it's pretty likely that he's going to be with the USL side more often than not, uh, just based on the uh, Matthias Jorgensen signing uh, and Tom Barlow. And again, you know, we talked about during the playoffs last year, that is a very, very thin spot on this team. And, you know, should there be injuries or anything, I, I think it's going to become very difficult. I don't think Fernandez is the kind of guy that can play up top by himself just based on his size. Well, White's track record last year scoring in the USL was very good. I yeah. thought, you know, he did a very, I thought he did a very good job. Uh, I thought he looked pretty decent in the, uh, in the preseason game the other night, again, preseason, but, uh, yeah, between him and Barlow, I mean, I you know, I, I guess we're going to see more of White on the USL side. But uh, between him and Barlow, I think they're kind of fine up top. I mean, it's going to be, you know, interesting to see how much playing time Barlow gets, considering how he kind of took that role over at the end of the season last year. Mm-hmm. He didn't do – he did decently, but I think they definitely missed White in this team. Yeah, without a doubt. It, it, to me, it's just a matter of, of having someone – like another look in case, you know, Brian has to be with the first team or, you know, Tom gets injured. Uh, who else is going to be able to step up into those spots? So, oh, yeah, that'll be interesting. Oh, Mir, yeah. I, guess. Well, I mean, the, the other thing is, too, is that you hear this is another scenario. And I, I don't want to talk about the first team too much, but you look at Brian White, Omir Fernandez and and all and Tom Barlow. Like, are these guys that you really see coming off the bench in a big game in the playoffs? So I mean, like the the question is, what like, are these Red Bull two guys for most of the year? And if they are, they, they, that that's where they should be. Um, MLS is having a really hard time this year and moving forward because they're readjusting the schedule. Uh, we're we're gonna have February games starting next year because of the 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 playoff restructure and how you have players on the bench. So the the real question is. Should this team be doing a little bit more of what they did in 2016, which is going out and finding USL players around the league to fill in gaps that may become something, i.e. Aaron Long, or maybe not become something, i.e. the guy from Oklahoma City that, that I can't remember <laughs> his name of. Why the heck can I not remember his name? Is that Carroll? Uh, wait, Oklahoma no, City. No, the, the guy from um, the Tulsa Roughnecks. Oh, uh, David Abador. 
Yes, yes. Like, that guy was awful. But, like, you know, it's just (laughs) should they be looking around the league to fill in some of those gaps and where right now it looks like we're relying entirely on academy guys and draft picks for the entire year. Yeah, okay, okay. I can see that. Um, Let's just get Dane Kelly. What, I mean, what, what do we got to miss? <laughs> oh, he signed with somebody, though. I know he, he did, but come on. Like, for... like, just just make that happen. Um, by, by the way, so you, you, I am getting back to this because, you know, we were talking about the team. But uh, looking at, at the Eastern Conference, and we'll get into this more next week. Um, between Nashville and Indy, the way those teams are, are stacked right now. Yeah, they're and Louisville, like that that top three is gonna be really tough to crack. That's gonna be really interesting. These are D two teams realize, now. Yeah. <laughs> people didn't realize Louisville didn't really lose that much except for, you know I mean, they're basically keeping the same team except for I think three guys. Yeah. Well, I mean, but they lost a pretty big uh contributor with uh Cameron, what's his face? Lancaster. Yeah. But they did but they did win the title without him and that's true. Red Bulls too without him. Yeah. Beat is not the word for what they did to Red Bulls too <laughs> <laughs> in the playoffs. Um okay. Uh the other night when, when they when the Timbers faced essentially the Red Bulls too, uh, other guys that kind of stood out uh and you know may contribute to this team. Um the biggest one I would have to think is Marcus Epps. Uh and you know, they probably eye him more for the first team than the second team, but he was a nuisance all, all night. He created a lot of chances from the wing, which is uh, obviously you know pretty important when you guys when you got guys like Brian White and Tom Barlow, uh, who can be you know particularly troublesome in the box uh, for for opposing defenders, uh, and it just gives them I think another uh, dimension in terms of keeping play wide, not necessarily having. Uh, players that are going to be cutting in and going at goal and to have two guys on the outside like Jared who I also thought looked very good the other night in his limited time uh, and Marcus Epps that at least from the wide perspective they have players that can uh, create chances and open up space and uh, become dangerous so that might facilitate the move away from a traditional playmaker I feel bad for Marcus Epps why? (laughs) Because he's not necessarily good enough to be first to be a first choice on this team, but he's way too good to be playing on a USL team. <laughs> I, I do agree that he's too good for USL. Uh, but, you know, I think he could be a super sub for the first team. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. I hope so yeah. for his case. But, like, yes. it, it, like uh, hey, where's your, the, the other question is, where is Jorgensen really going to play? I so, think at least this season you're going to see him either on the wing or spelling Red Phillips late in games. Well, I mean, we'll see, but like, it's just like there. I feel like there's so many more flashy options that that this team wants to go for. That poor Marcus Epps is sitting there going like, "Well, man, I, I mean, I got the MLS money, but like, am I going to be making the field? And yeah. I don't think he's going to be happy if." He's being relegated to playing D two games with the uh, with the Red Bulls too. Okay, I, I think that's fair. What were you going to say, Joe? They have so many wingers on this team. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no, they are flush with wingers. And that you know, uh, at the MLS level, I think that raises a lot of questions about who's going to be doing what. Uh, but yeah. you know, Epps isn't too old. He's still twenty four. I don't think a season if he if he has to spend a season in USL. Uh, I don't think it would be the worst thing for him. We just, go, just 
just go yeah. full Liga MX and just like wingers everywhere. Like, don't even <laughs> yeah. care about defense. All right, I like that idea. Um, in terms of the Timbers game, anything that you guys want to add? Uh, Brian White had a goal uh, in the match. I, I called out Marcus Epps. I thought that he was the man of the match. Nealis looked very impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get a real good look at Loeb, uh, but he was out there. Duncan, who, uh, you know, again, he could end up having some minutes on this team, but I expect to see him more on the bench yeah, for the first he, team. Duncan was impressive. I really so I mean I mean it it's gonna be tough to obviously break that any into the, I mean he like you said he's probably gonna see some minutes with this team. What did uh what did you guys think of Scarlet the other night? I thought uh he looked better than maybe he did at all last season, but he still showed some of those signs of um, you know, switching off or um not necessarily having the best man marking. He needs yeah. a leader. He he needs someone to show him the ropes, and he does not have that right now. Yeah, he's got moments. Yeah, he's got moments of looking very strong, and he's got the physical attributes and the the technical ability. But he needs someone to show him when to do X versus when to do Y. Yeah, I I think that his biggest weakness in his game uh, is his ability to uh, defend the air. I think so many times that he's been on the field over the last two seasons, teams have been able to exploit that. And you even saw it in one of the Timbers goals uh, the other night that uh, he kind of let the man drift behind him, wasn't able to, to uh, be big enough uh, to stop the ball coming across. And, you know, I think that's definitely something to keep an eye on for this season. He's just got to put an elbow in the guy's kidney. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Uh <laughs> I, I, I will make an announcement about uh, the ex-New York Red Bulls 2 report. That is going to be moving to Red Bull News Network uh, simply for the fact that it is way too long. It's going <laughs> to keep getting longer. And like, I, Let's just condense it. They're all in Tampa Bay now. <laughs> yeah. And I just would rather spend uh, audio real estate on the team rather than the people who aren't also, here anymore. Is there anything more New York... Then moving to Florida <laughs> when things don't go well up here. <laughs> I was like, nah, you I'm know like, what? I got a, I got a job in Florida. Yeah, it pays a little bit less, but you know what? Cost of living's cheaper and the weather's nice. Yeah, I was like, you're never gonna convince me of that it's way too humid down there. Get out of here. <laughs> well, that's if you go to Orlando, but Tampa's nice. It's right in the Florida Keys. I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would guess that at least 30% of the people that you went to high school with have moved to Florida after they messed up their life up here, right? 30%? More? I'm thinking like 70. <laughs> <laughs> Must be higher in New York. In New Jersey, I would say it's about 30 to 40%. Oh, man, the first thing you do is like, wait, my girlfriend's pregnant? Florida. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> uh, I looked it up. Dane Kelly signed with Charleston Battery, by the way. With Ooh. the battery. Wait, aren't they uh, League One? No, they're still, uh, for this no, year, they're still League oh, Two. I'm, th- yeah. I'm thinking of Richmond. I'm sorry. Richmond moved down to League One. Or are they not even playing this year? No, they're playing. Man, yeah. the USL is impossible to keep up with now. Well, it, you got to pick your league now. We yeah. have all these expansion teams there now, so yeah. it's, it's tough. Um, okay, let's do this. We're gonna, we've got two questions from the Peanut Gallery. Woo! Like I said, we we got a short show tonight, so uh, just getting back in the habit, you know, dip our toes in the water, just well, that, like a preseason well, game. Well, that's good because all three of us are pretty short. <laughs> Fair. 
this first question comes from longtime listener and one of our favorites, Patrick Dewan. Uh, with the first team depth on the wings, how often do you see players being loaned down on a per game basis to keep them fresh? Do you foresee any season long loans down to RB2? Okay, let's talk season long loans. I think uh, we should each pick a player that we think is going to be on a season long loan uh, who is a wing player because, yes, they are the first team is flush with wingers. Uh, Joe, let's start with you. Uh, probably Omir. Uh, yeah, easy pickings. Damn. This is going to be my guy. Um, <laughs> now i got to try to pick somebody different. Uh, oh, God. I'm, I'm, this is a ridiculous one, and I'm just going to say it, and it makes no sense whatsoever. But because Florian Villa is coming in, I don't know, Derek Etienne. What? You think Etienne? I, 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 I preface this by saying it's ridiculous because my pick was Omir Fernandez. This is not going to help improve your image. I'm just throwing that out I, there. But I also preface this by saying it's a ridiculous comment because I, I agree that it's probably Omir Fernandez. I have an advantage, too, in this regard. So I should maybe I shouldn't lower it over you, but I'm able to look at a list of players. And the one that pops out to me after Fernandez is the other homegrown winger, Ben Mines. Oh, think- that's not fair. We all know Ben Mines <laughs> is going to be down there this year. <laughs> well, that's the point of this, Anthony. Jesus. Come on. No, that's not what. No, 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 no. This has to be one who's like a first-team guy who you know who, who who's like on the cusp that all might right. not be there. Then I'm going to throw my hat in the ring and say Epps. Uh, Marcus Epps. Is, is he going to be a winger? Guy. He's a winger, yeah. Yeah. You think he's going to play there for this? I didn't think he had the pace to be a winger. Marcus Epps? Yeah, I, I didn't see the pace to be a winger to be USL winger. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> I mean, they haven't really had a lot of pace on, well, except for last year it was Amando, but they had Stroud, and he's not exactly the fastest guy. But then that was one of their biggest problems because years prior they had so much pace on the wings. You know, Florian Velo, Junior, Junior Flemings. It Do was... you want me to? Uh, who was who was oh, man? Who was the other one? Zico Lewis. <laughs> well, the, the the problem is Zico Lewis is all he had was pace. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he signed with somebody in the USL too, didn't he? Yeah, he's yeah yes. he's back in the USL. Okay, he's not um, with North Yarder. He's he is not Yardner, in Tampa Yardner. Bay. He's not in Tampa um, Bay. He signed with the Battery too. Wow. All right. Okay. Oh, look at that. Jane Kelly, Zika Lewis, that's going to be a dream team. Maybe it's so. <laughs> maybe it's so they can all be close to Bermuda. That isn't that much closer to Bermuda. <laughs> I, it's it's closer definitely to closer to New York. Is okay. These next. This is kind of three questions, and they all come from Talking Jacks co-host Ben uh, Gosorn. Goosehorn? I think it's Goosehorn. He calls himself the Goose. I, I should do a better job of knowing that. I've been on that show. <laughs> How Uh, dare you insult the goose? I know. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. Um, Who are a few new players to watch this year? Okay. Let's each pick a player. Anthony, start with you. Who's a new player that you should be watching this season? A new player we should be watching this season. Um, So so this means somebody did not play at all last season? That's correct. Then I'm going to steal it and say Omir Fernandez because I actually (laughs) do think think he's going to be the most exciting player on Red Bull 2 next year. Without a doubt. I fully agree with that. Uh, but we have to pick someone else. So, Jostine, who you got? I'm going to say Sean Nealis. Okay. Yeah, you both take the two best picks. Uh, <laughs> I'm going with 
the guy with the greatest name on this team at this moment, Reese Buckmaster. Uh-huh. I really liked what I saw the other day, and I think he could be a big-time contributor for this squad. Do you think... Who do you think his tag team partner would be in a bunkhouse brawl? Ooh, <laughs> Buckmaster. It's got a. It's got a flow. I gotta think of uh, who would be like a good. Like, like a, maybe him and Jared Stroud would be like you know the. Oh, you mean on the team? Yeah, okay. yeah. Oh, well, that's easier. Yeah, I think you're right. Stroud and Buckmaster. Yeah, Stroud and Buckmaster. That, what is their tag team uh, called? Hmm. Hmm, I'd have to think about that one. But you, I definitely see them. They're definitely a WCW tag team. They're not a like WWF tag team. You could do like a political work and call them the left wingers. I, I was oh. Thinking, I was thinking Barlow and Buckmaster. But... Oh, Barlow and Buckmaster. Barlow and Buck. <laughs> I like it. Uh, we're going to have to throw it out. Whoever is listening to this, uh, maybe you can give us some suggestions of uh, tag team names and uh, pairings for this team. Also, oh, if, if any of you have the WWE Network, get on there and go watch some um, some bunkhouse brawls and like <laughs> bunkhouse buck stuff. Like the guy was an awful wrestler, but you, you'll be quite entertained. <laughs> okay, uh, the next part of this question: Who from the 2018 season do you expect to break into the MLS squad this season? I think that is a universal answer. I don't think we should each pick a player. No, we, we, we can't pick Caceres. No, that's who it is. <laughs> yeah. Throw um, a curveball and say Chris Lima. Chris Lima? Interesting. Yeah. Isn't he on a USL contract? He is, but... Uh, I mean, the universal pick is Stroud. We all, I think we all... Yeah, I think so. Pick. Well, I, I was actually thinking... Caceres, and then Anthony said we couldn't say that, so Stroud would be the next <laughs> one after that for That's sure. Not fair, um, Anthony. Who who do you got? So th- this means somebody who has not yet played on the first team, or that hasn't gotten enough minutes on the first team. Um, I would say has not yet played hmm. is probably a better way to go. So then I'm going to go with uh, John Christoph Kofi because even though he had a horrible preseason thus far. I, I think that there is going to be a need in that midfield with Tyler Adams not being there to pick up the slack, specifically with U.S. Open Cup games. I don't think he's had a horrible preseason so far, but only because I don't know what else he's done other than that game. Well, that's so all I'm we not... can go on. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, right, I'm going to take I'm going to take back Lima. I'm going to say Sean Nealis. That's that's I'm going yeah. to. I think I'll, I'll because that. of the Gold Cup, I think Nealis has a really good chance to yeah. to impress there, um, and then. Maybe an outside pick would be Evan Loro. Should something happen to Robles while mm. Mira is uh, still hurt? Hopefully not. Hopefully not. No. But you know, look, it, there's a few positions on that first team that have. It's funny how this team goes from very young in certain positions to, oh my god, make sure you have the duct tape on hand. <laughs> uh, and then the last was, uh, how will the club replace Endom? And I think we have a pretty good idea of that. Uh, Nealis, I think, has been very impressive. Uh, they brought in Boateng, who I think is hurt, which is why we didn't see him play, uh, but no word on that just yet, uh, who also fits sort of that Endom kind of role. Uh, big, fast, physical, commanding of the air. Uh, so I, I think they're going to be okay with that. I don't think that they're necessarily going to miss Endom as much as I thought heading into the, the preseason. Wait, that they would. But are we at the point now that where, where we can say 
you know what uh, i'm ready to listen to this garbage take <laughs> uh, can, can we ready can can we admit now that it's just like hassan and dom like while serviceable wasn't very good i disagree well, I mean, with that he assessment was, he, he was good enough for since to 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 sign now, Joe, I don't think that that's a good benchmark. Okay, uh, because they're gonna... signing every defender and defensive midfielder I, I, yeah, in I the feel, league. Can I just say I feel so bad for him because they just they basically, you know, selected him in the in the super draft and they were or the um, waiver uh, the, the, the expansion draft. Yeah, thanks. the expansion draft, and they just basically said, "All right, yeah, we got you, but we're just going to sign everybody else now." Yeah, I feel like I they were like, "We know who that guy is." And just decided to sign him. That um, guy shut us down in the playoffs. <laughs> That's what they were thinking. But to be fair, I, if he was that important to keep, they would have protected him. <laughs> maybe I mean, that's true. Maybe they looked at him and they said, in our system, with what we've seen from him, uh, we are okay if we lose him. And, you know, based on uh, the players they brought in and how they feel about them, I think that that is is true that they they saw him as expendable but i don't think that that means he's not a good player i didn't I don't say even... he wasn't a good player i right. just said that he was not i mean he wasn't good enough to like they, they, there's this feeling that when we when we talk here on this pod and there's been a lot of other podcasts not us that have have kind of skirted around the issue of hassan endam and it been like you know, look, he really wasn't that good. Like he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't atrocious, but I mean, this, this guy had moments of like panic button insanity that really kind of made you go, Whoa, this is not a guy you can go with moving forward. I think when you were talking about, yeah, he was definitely inconsistent. When you were talking about, uh, Scarlet before needing, uh, someone to be a leader, I think that's true for Endom too. I think that when he and Pollitz played together towards the end of the season and sort of Evan Loro took charge of the back line. It calmed him down. It calmed him down. He was a ton better. So I I, I don't think that he was even bad at any point. I didn't say he was bad. You just keep saying not good. So I I, I said not good. It's true. I also also think him playing, well, Ethan Cutler playing on his side didn't help him at all. Right. Well, you know, because converting a striker to to left back doesn't, (laughs) you know. Like, I mean, they, they gave him a chance. They they, they saw some opportunity yeah. there. It didn't work out. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that and Dom not having a steady partner or a leader and having to deal with, with Ethan, who did not have a good second half of the season in any way, shape, or form, uh, really colored, I think, the, per- the uh, perception of Ndom and his ability. But don't worry. I haven't had enough whiskey in me today to say that Ethan Cutler was a good defender. <laughs> <laughs> you only make that mistake once. I like look when I'm when when you tell me I said something after whiskey. I go, Ooh, gonna make sure I'm not gonna say that again. <laughs> look, at uh, the beginning of last year, I thought Cutler was much improved. It was yeah. just after he got the MLS contract, something changed. And, it happens. You know, that happens with players. People buy their first wheel of cheese and everything changes. Yep. <laughs> uh, have either I, of you I ever bought a wheel of cheese before? I have never bought it. A wheel of cheese? What My would I do with that much cheese? Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a flex purchase. And when, <laughs> and when you buy that, things change. I've actually never seen one like in a store. What? I, Don't you have a Wegmans near so, you, Joe? 
No. It's oh, that's right. You're you're in South Jersey. Oh, you it's can find South one at a Jersey. food line or a Kroger's. <laughs> it's Central Jersey. Guys, it's South Jersey. It's not. <laughs> if you're under <laughs> No, I'm not gonna get into this. Oh my god, no. If you're you any further cut... south than New Brunswick, that's you, South Jersey. You can cut the state in half and Tom's River is right there. This is it's it's not a proportional uh slice. Mm. But there there is definitely a large portion that is south jersey as a guy living in new york city in the bronx i could care less about your new jersey uh, <laughs> geography here <laughs> i think that is a perfect way to end our first episode of the year I agree. uh i think that you know where you can find us twitter raising oh wait you know what let's i this is how green i am this season i didn't wow. even do this right you can follow me at twitter at underscore joe goldstein and i am at nyc sports world I am at jstein15. And if you'd like to follow the show, and we hope you do, we are at Raising Bull Cast. That's one bull, Raising Bull Cast. And all three of us are producing work regularly at the Red Bull News Network, at uh, RB News Network. And that is all on Twitter. You can go to Red Bull News Network at rbnn.us to read uh, all of us and many more as the season goes on. You can also find us at facebook.com slash RaisingBulls. You can go to RaisingBulls.com where we post all of our episodes. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play, uh, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us there. Hashtag Merced in. We're also uh, sponsored by and, well, I uh, produced in collaboration with BGN.FM. They've got a ton of great shows, and they've got a whole lot more. I've got the list from last season, but they added – like a gaggle of podcasts uh, since I last looked. I know that they have a League One show. Oh, leave that out. Now. Nobody cares about League no, One. No, no, no. It's good stuff. Uh, Speedway Soccer, Play the Kids, Tornado Alley. There's so many shows there. And now they've, they're producing a lot of written content. I think that happened towards the end of last season. But uh, yeah, definitely go give that a check. BGN.FM. Let me last... know Let me know when they get an MPSL Founders Cup podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Last but not least, we want to thank our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier of MLS, USL, and U.S. soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. For myself, Anthony Merced, and Joe Steen, for the first time in 2019, thank you very much and have a good night. <laughs> <laughs>